You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Cage. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, everybody? It's your boy, Yal Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And yo, today I got a superstar lineup of independent creators that are going to kick your ass in February with one of the illest stories. I mean, I, I only seen a preview. I can't wait to learn more. They teased the shit out of me with this fantastic book that I absolutely fell in love with. I mean, yo, in that very small preview, I've already fallen in love with the protagonist, and I, I need to know what happened. And they definitely formed an all-star team. Let me start introducing this amazing team uh, from a book called Thistle that's going to be coming out again on Kickstarter in February. First up, one only Mr. J.L. Collins. Epa, what up, Kato? How you doing? Al, thank you so much. I'm doing great. Really happy to be here with you today. Well, thanks for joining me, man. I, I'm, I'm happy, man. Let's bring on three other members of the team. That's right, folks. This is like this is like the Voltron of comics right here, all right? So let's get the uh, – again, uh, please, uh, I'm taking a chance here of pronouncing your last name. Please don't laugh at me, Collins. Don't even tell me. Uh, allow me to try. Please. You got it, Al. The one and only J.P. Sheck. Sheik. You're very close. Sheik. Sheik. Sheik, all right, what's popping, kiddo? Look at you, brother. How how you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well, brother. Thank you for joining and hanging out with us today to talk about the greatness of this combat you're working on. First, and then I'm next up, we have the one only Leland. I'm not even gonna try the last name. I'm gonna try the last name. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Bjerg. Bjerg. Hey, Thanks for having me. Oh, no doubt, brother, man. I didn't even want to just play Leland, there we go, man. You're a one-man uh, name person that's it, like yeah. Pierre. Like Beyonce. You know that? Hell yeah. yeah yo. All right. But then we got Superstar over here, the one and only with the Superstar smile, Marissa Brignoli. Yeah, well, Brignoli, but yeah. Brignoli. <laughs> I, I was close. I was close. I tried. I tried. I tried. Thank you, Superstar smile, yo. This, this is the team right here, yo. Wait till you guys see. The beauty of this book, and of course, you, you know, Comic Crusaders podcast will tease you with fantastic artwork, and could talk about those awesome panels and, and their contributions of this amazing story. But let's start here. Let's start here. I need to know origin stories. I need to know who you guys are and how you fell in love with this fandom before we get into the greatness of this book called Thistle. All right, JL, talk about yourself. Where are you from, man? And and talk about your origin story into the fandom. Thanks, Al. I hear you. I appreciate that. Uh, I am J.L. Collins. I'm a Canadian uh, comic book writer, fantasy author, tabletop role-playing game designer. Uh, I dabble in a lot of different disciplines. Comics has always been my first love. Uh, Thistle is the culmination of that love over many, many years of being a fan first and then being a writer uh, and then coming to the realization that I, I wanted and can tell comic book stories and, and putting, that, uh, putting that energy towards that. Um, and uh, Fistful, of course, is a fantasy comic, uh, and as a, as a Gen X kid growing up in the 80s, fantasy was a huge part of our world, um, and uh, so it is my love of fantasy that, that drew me to want to tell that type of story, um, but comic, comic books, comics, was the medium that I wanted to tell that story, and it always has been. Uh, I'm so excited to share this with everybody. So who puts you on to that, though, to, to comics, if you will? Was that your first love? Was that your first taste? And if so, who was it? Again, Mama, Papa, Titi, Tio, I mean, Primo, you know, who was it? So 
Yeah, that's a really great question, and I don't know that it was any one person because, no, it wasn't my parents. It wasn't part of what they did. Uh, you know, my mom would support me, and, and before I was old enough to get myself around town, she'd take me to the comic shop if that's where I wanted to go. I think it was a mix of my high school friends where we would hang out, and we were discovering in in all in no short order being fed, an, being fed a, a diet of 80s action movies and, and fantasy and science fiction and Star Wars and all of the great things like that. Uh, but growing up in a in a smaller uh, you know town in the, the middle of the interior of British Columbia, uh, snowbound snowbound in the winter, right? We didn't have a lot of entertainment options. And when the first real comic shop opened up uh, in the in the late 80s, early 90s in in my hometown, uh, we as high school kids, we were just we were just, you know, uh, bees to honey, a beast of the flower, right? Like blocking, blocking. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I think it, comics weren't necessarily something like I, I'd seen comics in the corner store. You know, I probably had, I, and what it was was actually Archie Comics was where I cut my teeth in terms of reading comics, but that's not the same thing as reading a floppy and reading, you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the comics as we know them. And so with my friends and I getting to go to this haven, this this hole in the wall store where you could go in and all of your all of your fantasies, all of your imagination were on display on the walls and on the shelves in front of you. That was so liberating and, and so inspiring. Um, and it didn't take us long to just eat that up with a spoon. And and from there it was it was uh, finding out which heroes you identified with, which which obviously was a lot of superheroes back in the day. And uh, and each of us had our own comics appetite. And I I liked the fact that. While my friends were chasing X-Men and the mutants, I was, you know, maybe more drawn to Spider-Man and Daredevil, and those were <laughs> loner heroes who were fighting to uh, to find their way in life. And that I, I identified with that a lot as a, as a reader and a fan, and I identify a lot of that as a writer as well. I love it, Miss Sid. I was totally up, man. I, I was going for horror comics and Conan comics, Transformers, G.I. Joe comics. I was going on a different scale than my friends. And then I got into some amazing and X-Men and found that. And my first taste of Spider-Man was during the gang war run. Mm. And then my first taste of Captain America was the Scourge run. Yes. Here's why I guess I love villains. I love just killing people. They're just vicious. That's what I was brought up on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marissa, how about you? What's your origin story? Where are you from? And how did you start, you know, you know getting a, a love for the fandom? My origin story. Um, <laughs> I am from the States, but I moved to Vancouver to go to film school. Where in the States? Uh, Connecticut. I went Connecticut, okay. New York City, Vancouver. I bet. Well, I, I used to be from Brooklyn. Oh, I'm cool. I live in Brooklyn. Yeah, awesome. Best pizza in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, best lots of things. I love New York. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I actually worked in the same office as Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler before they published um, I remember, yeah, they, like, uh, were, like... For Bloody Disgusting for that time? Huh? Around Bloody Disgusting time? Because I know Lonnie was writing for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and they were both uh, working for Vice, I think, and Ooh. the company that we were at, and uh, that was right before they published, I think, Come In to Me. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, I was, like, in the comic book nice. store just because it was cool. It looked cool on the outside. It's called Golden Age Comics on Granville's gorgeous i didn't know anything about comics and i ran into zach and he's like oh hey because we knew each other from work and he recommended so many i left with like a stack of comics saga was the first you spent your paycheck yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) damn zach i couldn't pay the rent this month can i move in (laughs) yeah and now i'm like freelance comic creator so i have even less money (laughs) thanks zach 
Thank you for leading me this way. Right? <laughs> I know who to blame. Al, Al, just to let you know how small the world is, too, uh, Marissa's referencing Golden Age Comics collectibles down on Granville in Vancouver. Uh, the owner of that store was the owner that opened Golden Age Comics in my hometown, where I grew up in oh, B.C. Oh, as well. Wow, so that word. was one of their expansion stores, so they were moving out of Lower Mainland. So yeah. now I just found out today on this podcast that Marissa I and I have that. another connection that we didn't even know we had. So there you go. The Golden Age connection. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> what awesome. if we find out we all like know each other through Golden Age? There you, go. you know what? Yeah. Have I? I haven't been to a golden age yet. Let's see. Cool. I'll make it happen. Yeah. Seven degrees of golden age. Yeah. <laughs> We're all somehow connected. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, who gave you the love of the fandom, though? I mean, like, like what well, you know. What I mean, mean? It, who pre- uh, as a kid were you ever presented to something that started making you like this or? Or you were not into it at all? No, I mean, like, I drew growing up, but, like, I just drew my own thing. You did? Yeah. Yeah. I was, like, the weird art kid in my family. (laughs) Like, yeah, I didn't get into comics until, like, 2014. And uh, then I kind of, like, got into it because I was, like, I feel like I could do this. Like, this is, like, right up my alley, so. Nice, nice, nice. What about you, Leland? What's that origin story, man? Where you from, man? How did you fall in love? I'm from a tiny uh, mountain town, um, like so many Canadians. And, like, to put it in perspective, I feel like you, I tell an American I'm from a small town, and they picture, like, 10,000 people, like 250 people, you know. So you know everybody. <laughs> yeah, you know everybody. You're, you're, you're ta- like, I realized, I, you know, like so many comics people, I'm a, I'm a bit of an introvert. And uh, I realized part of that was I don't – like, for the first 10 years of my life, I didn't really meet anyone. Everybody okay. I knew, I'd always known. I didn't – I was introduced to them before I could talk. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah, they were um, just there. <laughs> yeah, they were just there. Yeah, just took it. Just took these people for granted. Um, being – and the small I, – I, I'm interested in how the small town experience has changed because I go back home, like, they got a cell tower now. Kids got smartphones. My culture pipeline was the tiny comic rack – in in our you know one convenience store in town and that was like it i had ninja turtles i had oh, cool. one spider-man of you know the five different titles that were coming in uh which was really frustrating when like matt when max oh when you have the crossover out. title hell yeah, yeah. Bro, i, I yeah, can't imagine my friends, tight, my right? friends are trying to collect all the maximum carnage and it's you're just begging your parents to take you to the comic stores when they're going to the big city once every couple of weeks grocery shopping to oh. try to pick up those titles. So we all work together mommy, and piece together Maximum Carnage. Um, so, yeah, that that was – that's what I really remember, you know, from my origin was the hunger of getting these little tastes of, of this amazing – you know, these amazing stories and characters and oh. and just being desperate to, to get oh. to – to get to those comic shops in the city where we could yeah, you make you made me stuff. feel like wow man then I really had a great because I had I had a shop called Grand Book Center that sold old books but they had a couple of racks and they were packaged for old comic books that's where I got you know you know so many horror comic books and Thor comic books Marvel team ups and all that you know like it was three for a dollar so my thesis was like hey, well if you help me with this I give you five dollars so man I was walking home every weekend with fifty. I was like, Mom, can I stay with Titi this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why do you want to stay there all the time? 
you know, I was like, yeah, until one day she realized, like, where the hell do you got all these comic books? Well, why do you think I want to stay with Titi? <laughs> you know what I mean? Awesome. What about you, Jay? Um, actually, my story is kind of similar to Leland's. I grew up in a really small uh, gold rush town in, in Northern California. Uh, we had one, gold rush. <laughs> had one of those Archie Comics spinner racks, and it was luck of the draw, whatever you could get there. I, I, I kind of fell in love with comics through a Simpsons episode, actually. Uh, the the old um, Three Men in a Comic Book. It's from okay. like season two or three. A comic book? Let me not take off my hat and show off my ponytail, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one where um, Bart, Milhouse, and Martin pool their money to buy Radioactive Man number one. Yeah. I kind of got into it because of that. I was first kind of not like taken with the collectability aspect of it. So I bought very broadly and, you know, read a lot of stuff from the time mm-hmm. Spider-Man, Daredevil, uh, Ninja Turtles were a big one. Um, and same kind of situation. The spinner rack was like my, my lifeblood as a kid. Uh, but my grandparents lived down in Sacramento and there were shops down here. In fact, I, I still visit them frequently. Same ones I used to go to when I was a oh, preteen. Wow. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, there, there's pretty much the only game in town right now uh, is A1 Comics. Oh, right. In, uh, uh, Carmichael area. But, um, yeah, my uh, the people who live next door had a son about my age, and I got him into comic books. And so his dad would occasionally take both of us out for the afternoon. He might take us to a comic convention if there was one in Sacramento. Or um, we just had a list of all the comic shops in the Sacramento area, and he'd take us to four or five of them in the course of a day. So, I mean, like, the $30 that I'd managed to save over two months, I would blow on comic books in a single afternoon. <laughs> man, do I understand that. Trust you, <laughs> man. As a kid, hell yeah, yeah, I will blow my, I will blow my whole rack. All right, no problem. Let's get it done. I, I just want some good stuff. Straight so, up. Marissa. To you now, let's talk about you stepping into the creative journey. Like, how was that, and why did why did you do it? I mean, what was the day that you said, "I want to do this. I'm done," and, and you put yourself out there like that? Yeah, I feel like that happened recently. Like, um, I joined the comic group because my husband's like, "Hey, you like comics? There's a comic group that meets at the library, and it was the Okanagan Comic Creators." Wait, may I ask, is your, is your man a, a, a comic fan? No, he's not. He's not. He's not no, a but he's writer. a creative. No, but I he's mean, a creative. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's an editor. Okay, um, cool. He's super talented. He right, edited cool. the trailer, um, the physical trailer that you probably oh, saw. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, not probably. You asked me if I probably <laughs> Hey, I'll I show it off later. I'm going to go to the website, yeah. and I'll show it off if you guys are okay with that, so that way we can share it, too. Please, yeah. Please. yeah. All right, bet. Yeah, so I joined the comic group having never made a comic, and, like, luckily Leland was like, here's one of my old scripts if you want to draw it. And Ooh. I did, and uh, it was fun. It was, like, just all the things I like. Um, you have to create, like, a sense of pace and timing, but in panels. Like, I'm very into, like, the technical side of creating comics. I read the Will Eisner book, right? It's Will Eisner? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, creating comics, um, their okay. suggestion. Um, so that's how I kind of get into it, just, like, 
making uh, comics with the group and realizing, like, I can do this. And it's, like, easy to make a comic with a small group of people and tell, like, a complete story and have, like, a big part in the reader's experience. So did you have a a, a learning curve? Or did you find it easy to kind of get acclimated into what you were doing? No, like, the first page I ever drew was, horrible it's so <laughs> overworked and complicated i look back at it now and i'm just like what's happening in this what like yeah there's a huge learning curve yeah <laughs> uh, but i feel like i got better quickly because yeah i was meeting weekly with a group of really smart people who gave me really Beautiful. good feedback so wonderful yeah. uh, a good a good anecdote about that time the first time marissa showed up she's she's like i'm trying to make comics and uh could you take a look at my art and she shows this amazing sketch of a young woman, and it's like, oh, I want this character, I want this to be the main character in my story, but I can't draw her face the same every time. And she proceeds yeah. to show like, <laughs> five images of this flawlessly rendered character, looks exactly the same to me. No way. <laughs> like, what are you talking like, about? Not, this is not. I can't. <laughs> I don't have a perfect 3D model of this person in my head. <laughs> I that I that I, I, and I was it. just like you're you're ready. <laughs> a lot of what I learned was just like loosening up and just like learning to it. stop working on stuff. Yeah, man, don't be afraid. I love I love it. What 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 about you, Lena? When you started getting into the creative space, you know, what was that dive like for you? Um, I'm definitely uh, the sort of creative that bounces around. Um, so I I, I was writing poetry in high school and then making music and then later after that making trying to make cartoons writing short stories and stuff and and after bouncing around a bunch and like struggling to make a cartoon I was like I love comics why aren't I why have I been skipping over this mm. this particular passion that's wow. that's so doable like that's that's one of the things you know that's that's so beautiful beautiful about comics is their accessibility uh, and as soon as I started I just lo- you know just loved the medium more and more just you know discovered stuff that because my comics world was so small when I was a kid you know there were no copies of Watchmen in <laughs> in you know in my town. Um, and so, man, yeah. you should have canceled New York, brother. I was going to convention, and them things were just in boxes back in the day for 50 cents a dollar. Not anymore, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that was me around, yeah, six or seven years ago going, hey, this is this is it. I've, I've ricocheted between all kinds of different types of creative output, and this is the one that I really want to focus on. Nice. And so I've just been going hard on comics, getting as good as I can at everything that I have the potential to be good at, and fantastic. Going from should. there, yeah. As you should, as you should. What about you, Jail? I remember I have memories of writing my some of my first comic scripts when I was 14 years old. I'd only been into comics for maybe a year or so before that, and so where that bug came from, I couldn't even tell you at that point, but it, I, I think I was <laughs> enjoying comics so much that I wanted to create them, just as Leland said, right? You want to create stories, and you don't even know how yet, but I remember writing my own Marvel comic scripts uh, just to 
just for the, the joy of getting to do it and, and, and not no, even knowing the, the process to that point. Um, I had, I had uh, told this story once before too that, you know, when you, when you think about other mediums and other, um, other like things like my role-playing games, like Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, there's people that write those books and there's names in there, but you, you don't think of that as a job. You don't think of that as a, that you can go and do that. That's something that somebody else does. But comic books, front page, second page, every issue, there's these names of these people that make these comics every month uh, for, the, for, the, for the fans to read. And so you realize that that's something that you can actually do. Somebody's getting paid to do this. Um, and so it, it was a long, it was a long tortured path to, to get there. It was not something that I was sure. able to pursue early because obviously you need a, a skill set to make comics. You, if you don't yeah. have that skill set yourself, you need to assemble a team. Um, and I had no concept of how to, to find those types of people uh, back in the day. No comic conventions and no internet. And there's no no way to connect with other people that are passionate about what you're doing. Yeah, people don't understand right how hard it was then. I mean, now you know what. It's so easy. Do not underappreciate what we have now. Absolutely. So I, I just so like as Leland was saying, right? I went to fiction writing and short stories, and I actually got published as it for a fantasy short story, which was fantastic. Getting to get a short story published by Woods of the Coast, which was a huge deal for me. Um, and then I sort of dabbled in some, you know, some small contributions to some role playing games, which is a fantastic opportunity. Wow. Also part of my passions in my childhood. You gotta talk to my boy Josh, but he's the role playing dude on my team. He's, like, he's trying to get me into it. And I said, the only reason you want me to play is because you're trying to figure out a way to slay me. <laughs> sure. You need you need to have a really strong relationship, a good positive relationship with the people you play with, because yeah, those things can happen. Absolutely. No, no, no. I, no you know, I, I say that in jest because you know when it comes to video games, he always fucks me up. He's like, what else? Are you, are you trying to embarrass me? Something else, bro? Is that all you? I bet he just wants to work on pop. I'm, I never said I'm the best in anything, although I talk a good game. <laughs> Absolutely. From New York, what can I help myself? Right. Marissa, no, we're in Brooklyn, bro. We, we talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I moved a couple of times between my early 20s to my early 30s, uh, you know, you pick up and relocate to a new, entirely new city, start a, you know start a family, that. start your, a new job. And just like Marissa, I discovered that there was this comic group gathering weekly at a library Ooh. here in our Okanagan Valley. Uh, and, um, and, I, and I was at the right point where I was desperately wanting to write comic books, but I needed both of that validation that I knew what I was doing, that, I, that somebody could read what I wrote and said, yes, this makes sense and it's inter- entertaining, but I also needed the help. I needed that, you know, really uh, honest, constructive criticism and, and feedback to figure out what I was doing right and what I was not doing well and get help with that. And so this comics group the met weekly for our workshop in the library uh, that was that was my, my my saving grace and it allowed me to connect now finally with something that I had been searching for for I want to wow. not age myself but for decades finally got together in a, in a you know you get sit down in a room of people that share your passion that are all creatives in different ways psychomagnetism psychomagnetism at work Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right there, yeah. When you feel with people of like mind, there's just an energy like oh, no yes. other. And so I felt that from day one. Leland was super gracious and got me connected and hooked up so I could come in and immediately. Look at that. And now, and and that was uh, uh, that time flies by, and that was several years ago now, and it feels like it was only you know last month that we first started doing that. Look at um, that. And uh, and yeah. and then that got me back into it now with with a with a real uh, with a real uh, energy and a real drive. 
And every week we were basically bringing our work and, and demonstrating that we were improving. And then you want to bring your even better work the week after to show how much you're learning and to get excited to see what everyone else is bringing to the table. And as, you know, Leland points out, Marissa brings her work and she's not certain that she's, that she's in the right place. And yeah, then you get that, that round table discussion where people can point to that and say, no, you're ready. Here's more of what you can do. That's great, mm. but you're ready. And then we just feed off that energy. And, and now we're all making comics together and it's just mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. Isn't it beautiful? What about you, Jay? Let me know. I've been drawing. I mean, I can't remember a time that I wasn't drawing stuff. I, I used uh, to have to go to work with my mom. Uh, she owned a hair salon and I would hang out under the front counter and waste away all of her post-it pads drawing shitty dinosaurs <laughs> and stuff. I love it. Um, uh, so it's like something that's kind of always been part of my life, uh, you know, and as I got older, you know, there's that combination of kind of natural improvement, people seeing and enjoying what you do and that being encouraging to do more. And um, eventually I, I ended up going to school for it after trying my hand as an English major, anthropology major. I did a lot of weird stuff in between. Um, I got a degree in animation back in 2013 only to discover that I can't stand L.A. Uh, I didn't want to <laughs> work like a, a grueling storyboarding job. Um, and then in 2017, I went back to school for my master's degree in illustration. And uh, it was while I was there, um, kind of, I, I put my emphasis purely on comic books. I returned to that as, like, the been folding paper in half and making comics since I was nine. And... Uh, it was uh, Kit Seaton. Uh, she sends, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Um, Norway. Uh, it's a graphic novel through Image, uh, a couple of others. But uh, she was one of my professors there at Cal State Fullerton, oh, and she gave me the encouragement that, you know, like, there's no reason I couldn't be doing stuff for class and also doing work professionally on the side. And in the same week, I ran into uh, Marco Finnegan at my job at uh, Apple Retail. Um, he lived in the same town I used to live in, and he's the guy who got me onto Twitter uh, as a place to look for opportunities. <laughs> so I kind of hung out my slate. You and, see Marissa uh, Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> it, it worked. <laughs> Within two weeks, I landed two paid jobs, and it's it's been kind of snowballing from there since about May 2018 or so. I love that, but you see, you know, you find opportunities through networking because. Again, I, again, I, I hear your pain sometimes, Marissa. Twitter, so you know, but again, Twitter is like any other social media platform. You just gotta know what to ignore, when to ignore, and know when, when to not. You know, just bite your lip for a moment. Is it worth my energy? Because again, believe you me, here in Florida, I have seen wild stuff just in the corner of my hood. Yeah. Just as a brown person, I've seen things that offend me. Like protests that you wouldn't believe, like oh wow, like why are they doing this on the corner of my hood? That scared my family. But you know what I did? Just kept blasting my hip hop. Listen to this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, rhyme to this motherfucker, you know, and let's get it done. That's it. I, I don't care. I ignore it, man. You know, it, 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 I can't deal with that stuff. That's what I'm saying. So with you, you probably find great avenues there. So, um, talk to me about. This though, man. Let me actually show this this trailer. Let me share the screen real quick because the trailer is dope. You guys gotta see this because this is an upcoming project. You guys have no idea where you guys are gonna 
be enjoying. Then I'll share some, you know, some awesome screenshots and whatnot. Well, let's get it done. Let's get it done right now. Let me make it a little bit bigger there. Let's do it. Oof. Love that. I wish the lettering could always float like that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great job by this whole team. Look at ya. I love that. I love the split screen. Just love this. All these weapons. I'm like, oh my god, what's going on here? <laughs> you got us with Jesus. Yes. Got us up now. Let me put that bad boy on screen. Gorgeous video. I love it, yo. The whole font, everything. Everything you guys did on that bad boy looks absolutely dope. And why is this just keep going? Hold on. <laughs> Where is it? There we go. All right. You're off, right? And boom. Boom. All right. That was dope, yo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what an awesome, awesome little trailer. What a tease. Please, now. Who wants to go first here and give me an explanation and our fans what is Thistle? I'd love to put Marissa on the spot, but I won't do that to her. I'll, 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 I'll take that one on. Yeah, the way, the way she's going to say, what? <laughs> That's a meme right there. <laughs> love it. Marissa's video feed will cut out suddenly, yeah. yeah. Uh, technical difficulties. <laughs> So I, talk, I talked. To, I talked earlier about about being a you know a Gen X kid, a child of the eighties. We grew up on sword and sorcery, fantasy movies, Conan comics, as you said before. All of those really great influences, uh, and fantasy, of course, is is you know, one of our staples, right? And there are these uh, traditional, recurring, epic fantasy stories of a hero or a band of heroes rising up to face an evil, to face a, a dire threat, to save the world. And sometimes, as, as you pointed out earlier, Al, right, the, sometimes uh, the, the heroes win and sometimes they don't mm -hmm. win, but there's still an epic resolution to that. Those are all fantastic stories. Those are some of our favorite stories. We love those stories. We keep going back to them again and again. And I love those stories too. But that was not the story that I wanted to tell. With Thistle, I wanted to tell the story after the story. What happens to those characters, those heroes, those protagonists, when they fight the battle to save the world at the end of the world, and whether they win or they lose, after that's over, what happens next? What do those characters do then? Is there, is there still a home to return to? Do they have the strength to make that long journey back home again? Uh, those are the stories that we rarely get to see and hear again, right? There's, there's never a, a, a – we don't get to explore the moment after the denouement. We don't get that resolution. And so with Thistle, I wanted to um, explore these uh, characters – trying to survive in a world now that has been, you know, completely broken um, and making the decision, is, is there something still worth fighting for? Can they still go on at that point? And that journey home, which you saw the tagline in the trailer, the long journey awaits, 
that's what Thistle, that's where we start with Thistle. And so the tagline that I've been using for all of our promotion is, the end is the beginning. Because it's what happens after the end of the story, that's where Thistle starts. Oof, oof, and it's true. I, I love that narrative. That's the way, I've always been curious about that. Cause we always get an end story, you know, and some stories just end like that. But what happens after? I mean, what are they dealing with? And we never get that side. So, you know, kudos on you for even... You know, thinking, you know, let's, you know, dive even deeper into the emotional aspects of what happens, you know, the the PTSD, if you will, (laughs) uh, 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 of the the battle, of that war. I mean, these motherfuckers are going to be dealing with some tough shit right now. Correct. So, you know, it's truly mental. It's crazy. You know, thank you for doing that. So, you know, who was the first person you invited to the team when, when this, was it you, was it, what is the collaborative effort? Like, how, how did the story come about and how did the team begin to form? So Leland will tell you a great story about me bringing the initial, what, what was the genesis of the Thistle scripts and the Thistle ideas to workshop every week and then the workshop helping me make that better. But in fact, it was sort of a two, two-part process. I participated in Gail Simone's comic school event that she did on Twitter oh, nice. back in 2020, where she challenged us to come up with a script uh, by the end of the workshop, uh, by the end of the event, and, and have a script that would be ready to go. And so I always had this idea for a fantasy story in uh, in my mind. Uh, but when you do Gail's workshop, one of the things you're supposed to do is you're supposed to take a, a, a dice, just like you would from role-playing games, and randomly roll your, um, your genres. And so, ironically, the first genre that I rolled was fantasy. And I'm like, well, that's easy. Huh. I've already got a fantasy story ready to go. Hey, thank you. <laughs> but she challenged, she challenged you if you wanted to roll a second genre and mix. And so I rolled the dice again, and I rolled horror. And in doing so, it took me in a direction that I hadn't envisioned for this story before. Uh, mm. The idea of this world being broken and there, it's inhabited by the forces of the undead and you're trying to survive in a, in a landscape that's just been, that's just been uh, devastated and, and your friends and family members are either missing or gone or dead. Uh, and so that really became evocative and really interesting to me and it, it took the story in a new direction that I hadn't envisioned. And so that's the, just an awesome part of the creative process is when a, a germ of an idea plants and then you get the uh, you get something further that goes with that. So the first person, but I, then I realized I needed an artist and I didn't have the, the artistic talents to, to bring this to life myself. I needed an artist. And we were just talking a few moments ago about the strength of Twitter and the, and the strength of the comics community. Yeah. And so I was finally on Twitter after taking way too long to get there myself. Hmm. And by doing so, I was reading all of these tweets and threads and all of these artists' communities that people post. And lo and behold, I come across this artist named Jay Sheik in one of these artists' share your portfolios threads. Oh, and cool. I, looked through, I looked at his portfolio, and I saw a fantasy story that he had done that was in the exact art style that I wanted for Thistle. Wonderful. And so I, I reached out to Jay and introduced myself and said, please draw my story. <laughs> so Jay, how did you take that man when you had this random stranger come at you like, "Yo, I love you. Can, can you do this?" How, how did that feel? I am always extremely flattered when anybody approaches me about doing work. It's um, I it's something I love about comics more than like any any other entertainment genre. Is it's it's very very easy to jump stories and genres very easily. Um, that sounds a little redundant, but, but the, um, you know, I mean, it, it, like the variety is there. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not stuck for years or months on like an animation production where, you know, it takes like nine months to make an episode of an animated show and you might yeah. be one small part of that. 
And with comics, it's kind of you get to inhabit a lot of different aspects of things. And I'm I'm always very pleased when anybody wants to bring me along for for a new journey. Wow. Um, and I had done some fantasy uh, for a pitch that didn't end up coming to fruition. We tried running it as a Kickstarter, and it didn't fund. And then the idea sort of got cabled from there. And then I I had other things to move on to, but I had really enjoyed kind of living in in that that sort of fantasy world with armor and horses and castles and things um, and was definitely very, very uh, anxious to get back into to something along those lines. Uh, and this ticked a lot of boxes for me. It was fantasy awesome. and apocalypse and horror has become something of a specialty for me. Uh, so getting to do like burnt out landscapes or like, Daniel Warren Johnson out on some monsters, like, I was totally about that. I get to, man, especially how we feel nowadays, like, damn, man, F the world, look how it looks now to me. Yeah, I love it, man. Get get, get crazy, I love it. So, Leland, what is that story that JL was teasing us about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're trying to sneak some spoilers out of the letter. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> he plays it pretty close, man. He plays it pretty close, so I don't know much more than than you do. Um, but, uh, I was thinking about, we were talking about Boba Fett and, and I feel like Star Wars is such a, like, such a great, um, example of like, you know, writers, like I, I, I'm, I'm a writer too. So we'll, we'll talk about character and character development and themes and all that kind of shit. And at the end of the day, you know, despite that, I'm still a, I'm still a nerd. I want I want cool shit. I want spaceships. I want dragons. I want badasses <laughs> with big swords. I want action. Um, yeah, and I and I want <laughs> action, that little, you know, not about but, the mouth. I got yeah, uh, and and but <laughs> but but if it's like if you if you just give into that, if it's just like I'm gonna throw all the cool shit possible yes. at the audience, and there isn't that that heart, if there isn't that you know, and and I feel like that's. You know that's what made that's what made the OG Star Wars so great was like Luke's a dork. Over the course of Star Wars, he becomes a badass space wizard, right? Yes. Leia's a, Leia's a bit of a spoiled princess. She's tough. Over the course of the story, she becomes even tougher. Han Solo's a selfish smuggler. End of the story. He's a hero worthy of a princess. Right. And and like Jason's got. I'm losing my light. Just a second. <laughs> streaming streaming uh, breakdown over here. Don't you love um, it when you go live and, and lights start walking by themselves? Yeah, it means it's real. <laughs> um, yeah, so so what I'm what like you know, um, what got me psyched on Thistle was there's five awesome characters, and there's so much cool shit, <laughs> and I like that's that's it. I'm in. I love it. I love it. So, Marissa, how you got approached? And how does you feel by getting approached in this part? What happened? How did you get, how's your involvement in all this? What's, how how's you slide into this awesome project? <laughs> um, J.L. Collins kept bragging about this artist that he's going to work with. Okay. And showing me his art. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's good art. Um, so, J.L. Like, talking, is just talking, like, yeah, yeah, check this out. Check this yeah, out. yeah, just, exactly. Just, like, teasing you. <laughs> okay. uh, and, yeah, like, his art's awesome. Like, check out his website. Um, and I think we ended up working on – we ended up working together on a project before this, like, all of us. Leland, uh, J.L., 
Jay and myself um, for like a, an anthology and I got to color uh, Jay's work. So that's like how I met everyone. But basically when uh, JL was like, do you want to work with them again on this fantasy project? I was just like, yeah, like I don't need to hear anything about the story. I don't care. I like yeah. coloring Jay's art. I like working with you guys. Like, let's go. Yeah. And look at this. Look at this this page here. It is gorgeous. The coloring, I mean, the lettering, the box placement, um, the story, of course, is amazing. I mean, you guys are an amazing team. Look at this. Talk to me we about are. just this opening page. So this was this is essentially the introduction to to the setting that you're in. This this blasted out bleak landscape. You've got this, 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 you know, bodiless narrator who's telling you about uh, the first panel, right, describes these, what I talked about before, about these age-old stories of heroes rising up to defeat a, a villainous foe uh, and having a great sacrifice in doing so, uh, and that those are classic tales that are told again and again in, in mythology and in culture, and right at the end it says, this is not that tale because this is not the story that you think it's going to be. And then we Apparently, yeah. Shit, you were killing me with this team. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then we you sort of end this first page, you know, talking to Jay and talking to Marissa. When I'm talking about, I, you know, we want to see a burned out body, and that's a pretty gruesome visage to to introduce yeah. to a reader on page one. But we want to set the the stakes quite high to say that something horrific has just happened here, and you know, this person died a pretty brutal death, and so it's setting that tone right from page one letting us know that there's that there's magic involved, that there's elves involved, but there's just this this really uh, brutal event, and we've just missed it. It's already happened, yeah. and we're now picking up, as I said before, the story after the story. What just happened, and who is this character now, and what what what, ha- what how did they survive this? Yeah, and this? we see this. I mean, yeah. is this the main protagonist right here? This, you're looking at Thistle right now, rising up out of the ashes, the, 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 the immolated ashes of his allies and their foes, and, you know, survived through the aid of, of, of a companion that sacrificed themselves to save him. And he's both remembering that moment and also coming to terms with the fact that everybody that he was just fighting alongside is gone and they're never coming back. And, guys, I just want to say gorgeous. Again, you, know, you guys make an amazing team. The coloring on point, the art, the lettering, the boxing. I love it because, again, I spoke to the great Janice Chang, I mean, legendary letterer, and talking about her placement and making sure you you don't disrespect any part of the art, man. Let me tell you, homie, you're doing a great job here. Marissa, that coloring is just, that artwork, damn! I mean, and the story again, JL, fuck, I, I can't wait to people read this shit, yo. I mean, I mean, the teaser alone really has me hooked. I'm already caring for home. Mm-hmm. I mean, and look at that, yo. I mean, what's yeah. going on? So talk about, I mean, wh- where were you guys digging in? What type of mythology were you guys looking at as the story was being developed here? Leland's so much stronger than I am at talking about mythology because he is so good at story circles and he works freelance editing in addition to his writing. So he can break that down in Let me know, Leland. so much better than I can. Not to pass the buck to Leland, but he probably understands more of what I'm trying to what I'm trying to strive for and what is, what's inspiring me and what I'm reaching for than I can explain it myself. Got it. Lily, give me that tease, man. Give me that li- that mean, little that little playbook. Be the John Madden the writer, of this mythology the writer right has now, the letter of the mythology <laughs> ball, eh? I yeah. mean, I, I the mythology that I see in it is that is the 
the modern mythology, right? It's like you know, this is this is J.R.R. Tolkien um, being being redistilled and retold um, in a in a modern darker age. Um, and actually, I didn't think about the parallel of. I remember when Jason brought this in, and and I hadn't. I've seen zombies and elves <laughs> in works together before. Like I think Magic Cards does it a little bit, but it's yeah. it's not it's not that common in in fantasy. Um, and you know, there's that thing of elves are somewhere. They're angelic, right? They're they're you know are they? Um, <laughs> they can I think you know depending like Tolkien's are right. Tolkien's are like maybe yeah. Maybe. I, or I've seen I, I've seen some crazy ass horror movies with killer elves. So I don't know how angelic they are, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah Leland's right. Well, yeah, it's it's inspired by that traditional Western fantasy feel. The elves look and sound and feel like elves to a degree. Uh, with my own voice, of course, overlaid, my own interpretation of that, what that voice might sound like. Uh, but but to, to Lilo's point, right? The, you don't normally. You, you, there's lots of fantasy stories with undead in it, and that's and that's yeah. part of it. But that's not. This is not a horror comic specifically. This is not a zombie comic by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, you're going to see a lot of zombies in this first issue as. Thistle is now surviving alone, surrounded by the the, the animated forces of, of the dead that he, that they were all fighting. Uh, I love that shot. The the, the yeah, dwarf, I mean, the dwarf I, end up on the stump. It's just yeah. And what so I love it is even the panel work on the page here. I mean, yeah. who's in charge of this panel work? Again, brings me back to the old school. We have a lot of story on a page. You know, we could eat up the words. We could eat up the art and that coloring and that placement. Everything. I mean. Again, I mean, is this intentional that you wanted to break down the panels this way? Go for it, Jay. This who is who all did this? Who uh, did this? Yeah, I, it's, I, I did the layout. Um, Wonderful job, these, brother. Oh, thank you. If for, for these pages, we've kind of jumped back and forth. We More recently, we've been working from a more Marvel method kind of script uh, where okay. the, the panel count is up to me as well as the layout. Uh, for these, it was more of a full script, so I knew how many panels I needed on the page. I uh, what was on what was in e- each panel. That's experience um, talking. <laughs> what it came down to was you know like looking at what each the the story content of each panel. Okay. So you know like the dwarf being you know this torch dwarf pinned to a, a burnt out tree stump. Um, you know it's it's further establishing the setting, the the consequences of what's just happened. So you know in in my mind that that entails a much larger story beat, which is why it gets that top third of the page. The rest from there felt, you know, kind of montage as he's stripping what he can use from the dwarf and adding it to his own inventory. Um, I see, man. He's just pillaging the dead throughout this. I just, oh, I, okay, I, 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 I need this. I need that. <laughs> yeah. man. That's exactly right. That, that is as grimy as a New Yorker could get. I mean, is, is this where this elf is from? He's from the undergrounds <laughs> of New York. <laughs> <laughs> it's a survival story. That's part of that's part of the story that we'll be telling. Is this? And so, yeah, you, it. It, you know, the, you can honor the dead, but some might consider it desecrating the dead to take from the dead. But when you're trying to survive in that moment, what decisions do you make? That's that's yeah, a huge yeah. part of what the Thistle comic yeah, is going to be about. They're done. They don't need this no more. <laughs> they failed in in its use. Allow me to try and teach you how. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and Al, you were talking about just Leland's expert lettering, and I agree that the he, right. he is he is Gorgeous, super tuned in to the box placement. He's super tuned in Look to how many words on a page. 
And then that panel four with the arrow shot through the neck, and I, I said to him, could we have the arrow split the sound effect? And he delivered, and it was just yeah. fantastic. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Talk about that inspiration. That's I mean, bro, who was your inspiration as, as a letter, or is this something you just, you know, you just natural at it, you see this, and like, I feel this is where it should be. I mean, oh, do you have any inspirations? Um, I mean, the people who are who are killing it at lettering right now are definitely my current inspirations. Guys like um, Aditya Bidikar and uh, Hassan Atsmain Elhu. Hey, um, those guys are both amazing and so good at like. And I I, I like to make a distinction between digital lettering and um, artists who letter their own work. Yeah, and yes. I and I you know because I'm a big like when I the lettering I like is often you know, made by those one-man bands like Bill Waterson or Jeff Woo! Smith, right? Huh. Um, and it's like, because that, it, you know, they were thinking about, they were thinking about the lettering when they were composing the page. Yeah. And so when you're a digital letterer and you're coming in and, you know, potentially stepping on someone else's toes, you need to integrate, the, you know, the composition you're adding into, you know, the incredible work that uh, Jeremiah and Marissa have already done. It's just like, come in, be respectful, figure out how to, how to match the art as, as best as possible. I want that, you know, I want to get as close to looking like Jeremiah lettered it himself. Oh, that's always, that's always what I'm trying to that. achieve. Beautiful. What's that? You, you, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't want something I've lettered. No. But I also want to ask Marissa here, too, because look at the coloring. What are the inspirations behind those color palettes? I mean, it's go- I mean just look at these sequence here. And then you, when you go in from the top six and then you go into the other, you know, that haziness and all. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, it's dope. I mean, what, what you know, what is your inspiration? Where are you going with this? So, I don't. Whenever I start like flatting, I have no idea what I'm gonna do on the page. Um, but like the way that Jay draws things, it becomes obvious. Like he always draws the light source into the scene, like the oh, sunlight dope. or the fire or whatever, and then does some hatching so I know like directionally where the light's coming from. And oh, then I always okay. try to think of. Contrast of wait, color and contrast wait, wait. of light. Please teach me for a moment. I've never heard that term for hatching. What is hatching? Like uh, there's hatching, <laughs> which is like lines, like okay. on Thistle's cloak. And then there's cross hatching, which is lines like this. There's stippling, okay. which is dots. It's just shading. It's okay, a gotcha. way of shading, yeah. And he's gotcha. really good at, at uh, shading with line hatching. So, yeah, gotcha. we all learned something. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. The more you know. I want to get one of those little trainers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just, like, really interested in contrast with light, like, dark and light, and then also contrast of color. Um, so, okay. like, if the background's red or if the main character's green and make the background, like, a burnt orange so the character pops, unless you want the character to feel like they're part of the background, then you – Yeah. You know, so just trying to think about, like, what are we supposed to look at and find a way to to build contrast around the focus of each panel. And, like, yeah, paying respect to the line work because it's incredible and not wanting to, like, pull the focus away from the story. Uh, Wonderful, yeah, yeah, man. I know, Cody. The whole thing. 
Yeah, because Sheik is killing it, man. Yeah. For real, but, you know, the Iron Sheik, not the Iran, the Iron Sheik. All right? Because he's killing it here, for real. And yeah. talk about the inspirations of the characters. I mean, look how dope homie looks here. <laughs> Very linkish Zelda to me, too. Yeah. I mean, yes. is that an inspiration behind this? Uh, I feel like something? that was an accident. I don't know if how much Marissa's uh, played those types of games in the past. I don't know <laughs> for, for, for Are you trying to throw me up, Alice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 30 years old, so... Zelda was like very much popular, like that. I oh, had an wow. N64 and I played oh, Ocarina you know, of Time. Oh, motherfucker, that's, that's, yeah. that's beyond my time. <laughs> when I say I'm 30, I'm trying to say I'm old. Like, I'm old enough no. to know to have now, You're a young man. I'm 16 years older, young lady. Oh, really? I'm trying to do math really quick. <laughs> 40, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's I'm, still, I feel like we're in the same group, age group. Look at it. It's hiding under the blue right now. <laughs> we're all we're all boomers. It started getting we're all gray, boomers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, and who is she? She looks dope. Who's it's that? Just, yeah. uh, I love this image so much. The, the line art alone that Jay did is just phenomenal. And then when Marissa brought the palette to bear, she made the character like just the the the, the, the regalness of the purple of the shirt, which is not a color that I had specifically asked her for. Like that, I wanted yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. I, I was really I was really careful with these you guys. I wanted things. to give them. I wanted <laughs> them to to bring their yeah. their sensibilities, their inspiration to these characters as they were working on them. So a lot of the creative decisions in the line art is, is, is Jay's. Like I might just say, here's some basic ideas, but Jay would then design what that character looks and feels like. And then Marissa brings the character to life with that color palette when she brings it in. Wow. Uh, and I just, I, Rain, I love Rain's art so, so much. Same. Gorgeous. Oh, oh shit, look at this. <laughs> I, I am messing with her, you She's scary, yeah. There's, there's Glory, the giantess. She, she is the character that will show up in, in the story in the very near future, but she's an important part of the story as well because she represents the monster, the other, that, that, that Gloria. you know, that... That uh, oh, yeah. that uh, dangerous character that you don't know uh, which side she's on when you first meet her. Uh, but again, the with that work, skull, it kind of you know mm-hmm. makes me yes. indicate what side she may be on. Yeah, your 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 instincts are correct, Alex. That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, which which is why it's so cool, and uh, and she's. Uh, she look become, nice uh, I'm hoping she'll become uh, a character that uh, yeah. people really enjoy seeing. Because yeah, look at that face. Really she, she's just telling me, look at this. Who, who are you talking to, dude? <laughs> I'm like, oh my, hey, especially holding that. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You need a drink? I got you. Anything you need? <laughs> yeah, she looks dope, though. Good, mm-hmm. Great design. Oh man, who is this? Oh man, he's almost, he almost looked like me a couple of years ago, and I'm like, yeah, look like that. This is this is Johnel, uh, shorthand John. Uh, he is our marooned sailor who the characters will meet on their journey. And uh, he uh, is a very special character because not only is he uh, from a different culture of, of sailing and pirates and big ships and sails and that whole, that whole uh, fantasy aspect of that piece of it, but he has been taught some of the secrets of elven magic and nature magic oh, that the elves ooh. did not think Wait, that he shared. So he's human or elven? He's human. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Folks, oh wait till you read the, again. I I, I share the pages. Read it, go sneak back and pause on every page and read this shit because you guys. Uh, and of course, you just go to the pre-launch soon. You're gonna be able to see this preview because you, you guys didn't be so happy the trailer and all. But you see, yeah, alpha humans, a whole bunch of shit is going on. It's wonderful, wonderful. 
Oh man, look at homie here. He's just charging at me, looking like man at arms. Who's this? So this is Grim, our dwarf. Uh, so he is somebody who uh, you will also meet uh, after the story begins, and he is uh, somebody who uh, we will discover a little. So I'll give you a spoiler, Al. That that future that future uh, spoiler you're looking for. Uh, Grim is someone who was at the same battle as Thistle. And Grim Ooh. also survives, although just barely. Just as Thistle barely survives, Grim barely oh, survives. There's a reason. Stop. There's a reason Grim doesn't have any hair after all that fire. So yeah, you <laughs> have to see that oh. soon. Oh man, is that the origin story of Dale Collins' hairline also? No, mine's, uh, <laughs> mine's just the, uh, the the getting older storyline. The slow gradual. No, nothing epic about it. That's right. <laughs> this is making sure, man. It could always be great stories, bro. I mean, but there you go, folks. You see, that's the project right there, man. That's the pre-launch. I mean, when is this baby launching? February 1st. Oh, my God. Are you guys excited? Is this your first Kickstarter as a team? Yeah. First Kickstarter first team. Kickstarter ever, first Kickstarter, yeah. period. Yeah. It's, oh, period. Oh, shit. So, oh, I got to ask here. So, what type of uh, education did you guys take among yourselves as a team to to hopefully understand how they create a successful project. It's been daunting, uh, and I <laughs> I, gr- I grossly underestimated how much work it is, and how much you need, how much preparation you need to put into making a really good Kickstarter. It's one thing to just to just browse Kickstarters on on the site and to see comic book Kickstarters that are launching and say, oh, this one looks a little more exciting than that one, or they've got okay. a little bit more rewards. No, no, no. It's it's much more in depth than that. Uh, and I uh, quickly realized that I was out of my depth being a first-time Kickstarter uh, launch, that I, I oh. hired a consultant to help me design you the Kickstarter wow. page, and I hired a consultant to help me market the Kickstarter because I realized right away there's the, the, there's so much of a bigger world out there in terms of marketing these pieces. Uh, I didn't uh, I didn't want to go that alone, and it was the right decision to make because the, the partners that I brought in to help us with this project oh, have been invaluable. Well, uh, what's, what's the woman? Jordan, right? Uh, James, 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 James is the big homie that will put this together. Yes, you know what I mean. You know, shout out to the James. Where's kiddo? Thank you for introducing me to such an amazing group of talented people that have like a fire project. And this is up my alley again. I'm a Conan fan. As a kid, my my first introduction was through Chris Star, the Chris the Warrior, or Christ or whatever you want to call him. I mean, again, that's all fantasy, right? I mean, you guys are right up my alley. This is why I fell in love immediately and understood what you guys are doing. And I, I cannot wait to see this full project. So how many pages is this baby, too? I didn't ask. So the first issue is going to be 24 pages, so full Ooh. standard size. So how many issues? What, what's the plan here? Wait a minute. You said first issue. What well, a yeah. tease. What have you got going here? What's so the plan? E- even before we get out the first issue, Al, so the, if, you, if you back the Kickstarter, if you subscribe now, be notified when we launch on February 1st. If you back the comic, uh, which we hope you will want to do after you see the pages like Al's been showing, in addition to the 24-page story, we're giving you 10 bonus pages of behind-the-scenes content of how we made Thistle Issue 1 and sort of a little bit of our process for each of us. You get a little little sneak peek at that. Uh, And then if Al, if it's successful, if we fund, if we get to Issue 1 and people love what we do and we connect, we're going to go to Issue 2 as soon as we can. Yeah, man. So, I mean, all right, so... Right now, the Kickstarter is coming. Where are we at with the production of the book? Is, is it ready? Is it almost there? I mean, w- what is the purpose of the Kickstarter? So people yeah, understand so what we're, the really, goal is. we're really clear with everybody. We've got about a third of the book already done. The purpose of this Kickstarter is to both pay my team, fund the production of the book, get it completed, get it to print, get it shipped. So the, the, the goal for the Kickstarter is in support of producing and shipping Thistle Issue 1. 
Fantastic. And what's the goal for the book? We are asking for 10,000 Canadian. Beautiful, man. You guys are going to get it. five American dollars. Give or take. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Say, man, I gave you $5. You're done right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, not. But, folks, for real, this is a beautiful, beautiful book by a multi-talented team. I mean, for real. It's gorgeous, and thanks to James for you know helping helping to put this together for me to chat with folks like this. So this project is gonna kick ass. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm more than sure. So I want to ask here. I know a lot of people create comics. It's the intention to create comics, right? But if there was ever an opportunity to have this project be more than just comics, right? What platform would you want it to be? Would you want it to be an animated feature? Would it be a feature film? Would it be a 12-part or 8-part Netflix drama? I mean, what what's the go- What would you like to see happen possible? Speak it on to the world so, 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 so the gods can listen and make this bad boy happen for you guys. Well, I'm very, very fortunate that two of the people on my team are, are former animation students and people that have uh, worked at least hey, part hey, in the animation world. So that's just some good contacts there for sure. Um, <laughs> And, and the thought of, the thought of it going beyond it, sure, it's fun to do like a role-playing game product. That's an easy tie-in that we can work on in the future. Uh, an animation project is, is, is daunting, but it would be really, really exciting to see these characters animated, much in how the trailer had a little mm. bit of that feel to it, right? It yes, felt mo- like a movie well, trailer. And what about a motion comic, too? Because that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, and then, yeah, the thought of anything live action is, is so far beyond what I could conceive of at this point. But I know that uh, these types of stories, they connect and they resonate, Al, like, as we talked about. Yeah, um, they and do. And the, the, the doors are open. We are happy to, uh, to explore all opportunities in the future, if, again, if this actually connects with our audience. If. It's not an if. Well, it's <laughs> when it connects. Yeah. This is going to be successful. I can't wait. And then, because then all of a sudden, like I've seen with many other projects, a publisher is going to come at you and be like, yo, we want to print this. So is that something that's an option, or do you have an idea to have your own publishing press as a team? Uh, it's always an option. We would be happy to talk to a publisher if they came to the table and wanted to ask us for it. Uh, they need to understand, as I just pointed out, right, the story is the, the actual production of the book is not complete yet, so we need to get that production finished. But uh, if, if the publisher wants to know more about the ongoing story and the broader piece, we'd be happy to have that conversation. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Folks, yes, don't sleep in the comics. Don't sleep. I would say this too, but then they'll try to control your shit too much, and I don't want that to happen here. You know what I mean? In the comics, will allow you so much more liberty. I don't want to control your pride and tell you what to do. Because right now, just, just with that damn tease, I'm telling you, you got you, you hooked me like a fish. Uh, I'm out of water right now. I need to breathe because I, I can't wait to February. I'm going to run out of air. Look forward, to, doing to me? look forward to sharing it with you, Al. I hope I hope we get to do that. So yeah, so check it out, folks. Right there, that's the pre-launch. I need you guys to sign up right now. I Please. recommend 110% to go to Kickstarter.com. Projects J L Collins Thistle T H I S T L E, folks. You will not regret it. The, the teaser alone is dope. The trailer alone is fire. I mean, look at this team. Most. Uh, amazingly talented people, and please follow them on on their platform. Upstart, oh shit! Before we even go, yes, yes, Upstart Comics. A little bit about Upstart. Talk to me. What is Upstart? Why Upstart? And, and, and what can we expect from Upstart? Uh, well, that's our that's our crew. 
Um, actually, that's in our cool, like Wu Tang Clan, that's like cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. USC, yeah. USC, son. Hey. <laughs> you know, everybody joins a gang, so join a good one was something I said for our, uh, for one of our one of our videos where we were talking about it. Uh, um, yeah, you know, bringing everybody together so we could all compile our portfolios. You know, be be that rising tide that lifts all of us. Um, yeah, people should go check it out. We got a bunch of free comics they can check out. I got a blog about story structure. If you like to get pedantic about your Ooh. comics, um, I get real pedantic. Wait, about so man, it, 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 it's the Upstart Comics Clan, you know, you know, accepting members. Do they have to go through the thirty-six chambers of Upstart <laughs> in, in order to be members? I mean. What's the process here? I mean, you can maybe be a Capadonna, but to like get right, you know, <laughs> to it. get right in there, uh, you got, you know, um, you get vetted. But, yeah. but we've got, yeah, we got a Discord. We love to talk about comics. Like, please come check it out. I can see the battle out. right now. You know, you know, a writing battle with JL, an art battle with JP. You know, what I mean, a lettering battle. What over here with Leland, you know, and, and then we have a coloring battle with Marissa, you know, that, you know, the four chambers of Upstart right now. <laughs> that sounds sweet. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't I that be fun? Like, you want to be a member and just you interview <laughs> them and do this whole battle with them, story for story, color for color, line yeah. for line, whatever. <laughs> I, and I'm only kidding. That'll be awesome, guys. You guys have been great guests, though, man. I, I, again, I, when I say wholeheartedly i really mean that i do love the project you guys have coming up you guys have been fun great energy you know so i know that this project is going to get funded what you're asking for is just trump change nowadays because you have something very special but i think again i connected very easily with the preview you sent honestly speaking so i think that a lot of other folks will have that very same reaction especially if they are fans of the genre that i am a fan of you know the, 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 this fantasy you know this horror Look, I mean, it's it's beautiful art, beautiful lettering, beautiful coloring, and an ill story. I mean, the Voltron of comics right here. You know what I mean? The Wu-Tang of comics, the upstart. You know what I mean? For real. I mean, you guys are awesome. Thank you for hanging out with me today and chit-chatting, you know, talking about it. So, last thing, last thing amongst all of you, right? In, in kind of in that Voltron field. What would you say is the greatest piece of advice you guys could give as a team to any up-and-coming team? The audience is always right. Mm -hmm. That's mine. you got to listen to the people. You're you're trying to make an effect in somebody else's head. If they're not feeling it, you can say, oh, you didn't get it. Oh, you didn't. It's Mm. like, no, they didn't feel it. It's on me uh, as the creator. You, mm-hmm. you know, they don't connect. It's your fault every time. Yeah. But you can't write a story for someone else. Write your story that you oh. want to tell. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dueling yeah. advice. Yes. I, I like it. it. I both, like both it. Give me yeah. Challenge it hey. both it's, give a, it's a sword fight. It's a sword yeah, fight with, with a non-fresh one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell what, whatever your medium, writing, art, whatever it is, you tell the story mm-hmm. that you want to tell, and you find, you'll find your audience. As well. Oh. I'd say always leave room to be surprised by yourself and, and by others. Um, don't, no, don't get so caught up in what you're doing that you, I, I don't know, there, there's just so much unpredictability with a project. I, and it's not that I didn't expect to have a good time on this one, but I, I'm 
constantly surprised by, I mean, the level of output that everybody's bringing to this, the, the fun I'm having, um, all the connection that's happening. It's, it's been, it, you know, if it felt like a, like taking on just a, like a work for hire job at the beginning, it's evolved into so much more than that. And that's been a very wonderful surprise. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. What's Marissa? Yeah. Um, if it's advice to a team that's starting out, like, similar to what uh, Jay said, um, yeah, like, let your teammates do their thing. And everything, all the feedback you get, everything has to serve the story. So there's no ego. It's just we're all working to make the story better. And, like, I'm not trying to make my colors take front stage. Like, I serve the story. We all serve the story. So everything we do has has that behind it. There you go. There you go. Advice from this up-and-coming team that's about to fucking kick ass everywhere. I mean, I, I think I, I'm going to see you everywhere. I'm gonna, I will see you in the <laughs> – but I know Bates 2 is going to come calling because you guys are so heavily skilled. I mean, it's going to have – they're going to look like, oh, man, I got a story for you. How about it? So, you know, God bless you guys on this journey. Thank you guys for being so bold and brave, each and every single one of you, to take this journey, you know, share of yourselves and this creativity. I know it's hard. I don't know. There's a lot of people that love to talk shit. But you know what? Many fingers salute to each and every single one of them. I personally say thank you, kiddos, for taking that challenge and, you know, and blessing me with real entertainment because, again, you guys are not focusing on real-world stuff. You guys are just, you know, fantasy. It's fun. You're taking me out of reality for a little bit. And, and you know what? I appreciate that so much. You know, it means the world to me where I could just get away for a moment from the real world. Again, every day I wake up wake up, and I find out a new celebrity died. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that sucks to get older. <laughs> but, but, but comic books like this will take me away on an adventure. You know what? Ain't all that bad, yo. It's the wisdom, of, the wisdom of aging, Al. I, I'm right there with you. The escapism now is more important than ever, uh, yeah. and escapism that you connect with and that you just in, you crave it and you enjoy it. Yeah. I appreciate that, that you've had that reaction because that's exactly what we're going for. Well, you know, job well done, team. Upstart. <laughs> the, the Wu-Tang Clan of comics. There you go. <laughs> My love you guys, man. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, with that, folks, again, let me show the banners just one last time before they go. Please, you know, sign up right now. Go on live in February. Look it up. Official. Trust you me, this is 110%, you know, approved by Comic Crusaders. Yo, I loved it. And everybody else will too. Please follow this amazing team. You won't be disappointed that way. You know everything that's going on. And of course, if you create it yourself, I'm pretty sure that you know they're looking for for extra work elsewhere. You know what I mean, right? Make some extra change. So you never know. Team is for hire. Yeah. If you want to get collaborative with this amazing group of people, there you go. Hit them up on on their socials. I'm showing you everything, man. Hit it on rewind. Write this down. Yo, these people are amazing. You can see with amazing energy. All right? And with that, I'm very happy to have had the on. God bless you guys. With that, my author tells you what to do, mi gente. Hasta la próxima. It's Almega. Wepa! And I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. 
Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCaves.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 